Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg. Hamel Javeri, your normal host, is on vacation. You may remember me from hosting and guesting on this show countless times in the past. My colleague, Charles Curtis, who you also know, is with me on the line. There is baseball news on the site and, and that people actually seem to be talking about, and since that is my area of expertise are among them. Uh, I'd like to talk about it with, with, with Charles. Uh, Charles, David Wright, longtime Met, face of the franchise, at a press conference on Thursday, announced that he is going to play one more game, uh, or start one more game. He's going to be on the roster for, I think, four more games at the end of the season as he, as he comes back from basically two full years off the field, two-plus full years off the field. Uh, and, and that after that, he's done. He's not going to play anymore. And I guess my first question is, is it okay to feel bad for a guy in David Wright's position who has had the opportunity to play a professional sport for, for 14 years, I think now, who is going to finish with, with, uh, over $200 million from playing baseball and who by his own account, uh, has a, a pretty darn good life. It's a great question. I think the answer is yeah, you absolutely can. And it's you don't feel bad about him making gobs of money and he'll still make his salary for the next two years, right? While while the Mets get some of the money back on insurance because of his, his back condition. Uh, I feel bad for him because this is what we've watched David Wright do over the years is, is be passionate and play the game. And like I know that there's like cliches that we could all use about David Wright and, and him coming to the ballpark every day and this and that, but that really was David Wright. Like, I don't know, is calling him a walking cliche terrible? But, like, in a good way. Like, he's a yeah, good Yeah, I mean, cliche. no, I, that was something I, I said a lot because, you know, I've, I covered David Wright here, but also, you know, before this, working for us and why the Mets TV network, I covered Wright fairly close. Uh, never, like, a beat guy or anything like that. But uh, it, it often seemed to me like when he told you a cliche, if or it was something that sounded like a cliche, he really believed it. And, and I think in a lot of cases, there is an argument for believing the baseball cliches, right? You, you only succeed in baseball by taking it one day at a time, right? Because, <laughs> because looking down the road or, or worrying about, uh, you know, the big picture stuff in the moment, uh, I think probably, probably hurts you as a baseball player. So, uh, yeah, he did seem like he was just showing up to play hard every day. Right. And and so from that, you, you sort of glean the fact and, and you covered him way closer than I did. I watched him. I, I was there at Che coincidentally for his first at bat, sitting down the third baseline um, and got to sit in those same seats because my cousin owned season tickets. And we'd go there every year and just watch David right from up close and was just marveling at how consistent he is. And I love consistency in sports. So for the answer to your question is, yeah, you're allowed to feel bad because this is a guy who whose passion really is baseball. And I hope that he has a future on the field as a manager of some kind, because I feel like, I don't know, he'd, he'd be good at that or front office or something close to the game because he had that, that same passion that you hear out of the Derek Jeters of this world who just, you know, love the game, um, uh, are good at the game, really are, are cerebral about it. Um, and I think the way that his career ended or it will end when he officially, officially calls it quits um, or retires officially, I guess is the way to put it. When that happens, you know, you, you say to yourself, well, this, this is a guy like three or four years ago who was continuing to be one of the best players in baseball. You pointed out he's a Hall of Famer, potentially. Or well, I, he's, I don't, yeah, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame, I don't think. No, but no, no. He was, yeah. on, he was certainly on that track. Yeah, yeah. 
Right, right. And so to see it end this way and the way that it's sort of, you know, the last couple of years of him sitting out and you're sort of waiting for the official word, it's tough. It's tough to see. Uh, another aspect of this, and, you know, we're sort of getting at it here, but it pertains to right, and I think it also sort of pertains to how we cover athletes and celebrities and, and everyone else in 2018 when we have, rightfully so, uh, I think, reservations about judging people's character, even for the good. Because, and I think back to the All-Star Game, uh, John Heyman, who is a veteran baseball reporter, uh, a lot of people probably know, uh, just fired off like sort of a, a very innocuous tweet before the game about having met Josh Hader and how he seemed like such a nice kid. And, you know, I saw that tweet and I actually thought the same thing. If I'm being honest, I had spoken with Hader very briefly, and when I saw Heyman's tweet, I was like, yeah, that, that sounds right. He did seem like a pretty nice guy, and then obviously during that game, uh, you know, it comes out that Hader has a, a whole trove of of racist and, and homophobic and, and misogynist tweets on his timeline. They're from high school, and, and people sort of threw it back in John Heyman's face, like, how, how, how horrible are you that you didn't see that this guy might have tweeted racist stuff when he was 17? And so uh, where it pertains to right, I think, is that uh, you know, part of this love fest that I think we're seeing in New York right now is related to just how good of a guy he always seemed. And uh, Adam Rubin, who was a longtime Mets beat reporter, who became famous briefly in, in 2009 uh, because he was accused of Omar Minaya for lobbying for a, a job in the front office, and it was a, it was a whole little Mets controversy. Uh, Adam Rubin said, you know, David Wright called me after that and made sure I was okay. And, and, and you see all of these people sort of coming out with their stories of, of the nice things David Wright did um am i wrong to say it's it's still okay to be like yeah this was a really good dude even while admitting that i don't know if when the cameras turn off and the media is gone he might like punt puppies <laughs> you know there was one line in his press conference that i, I didn't make me laugh because it was it was such a weepy press conference and I, I was you know i wasn't emotional about it but i was like man like you know yeah end of an era like all-time great met maybe the greatest position player ever to play for the team probably i would i, I think you know numbers yeah, wise and also yeah. you know yeah um but there was a moment where he talked about how he brought baseball home with him sometimes when he was in a slump and i was thinking to myself like what must that be like you know he talked about his his family and like you know, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who, like you said, punts puppies. He seems like the guy who would wallow in that and be like, man, I don't know what to do, you know, about, you know, going 0 for 16 or, you know, that that, you know, post all star slump that he had one year, you know, and, and like if that's the worst of it, like we don't obviously we don't know. But by all accounts, publicly, we can say that nicest guy in the world. Great with the beat reporters. I you know it, it's always a sign to me when. Somebody retires and all the players come out, right? And there were a bunch of players there too, right? For this, this ton of players, uh, like all all of the veteran Mets were there. A bunch of the younger guys were there. Uh, a bunch of the coaches were there. Uh, there were, I mean, people. Not you know, most of them sort of just were sort of looking wide eyed at the scene, and I think probably contemplating their own baseball mortality. But there were guys, <laughs> there were guys with tears in their eyes, and guys who looked extremely emo. You know, this is a. I yeah. think someone they 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 love, right? It's it's you spend, and obviously all sports 
cultivates these relationships, but baseball especially, you you live with these people for 162 days a year and more, right? Uh, for, right. for eight months out of the year, maybe, you're spending just an impossible amount of time, right? Like, we, I, I, um, I mean, we don't spend a lot of time together in person, but, like, we interact with our coworkers fairly frequently. But, Every day. But, yeah. but after we're done, right, if, if when, when you sign off, I don't talk to you again until you sign on again, uh, right. right? Right. Whereas these guys, they're on the road together. They're in spring training together. Like it's just, it it has to foster just such a, a tight set of relationships. Like it's not it's not something I think a lot of us really think about, you know, in terms of our coworkers because uh, we just don't spend that much time together, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, that was sort of your angle in the beautiful piece that you wrote from from there that was these you know this is what he he's, he's going to miss is this sort of like even though it's the doldrums for the Mets as an organization but he, he's going to miss that everyday franchise camaraderie that that he is captained which uh, you know by the way is also something that I thought about a lot it was like Mets have not a lot of captains that this sort of the captain thing in New York for baseball was always associated with Derek Jeter and I was thinking to myself like the Mets Derek Jeter is David Wright in in, in some ways to me in because so he, many ways really yes. right like for yeah. for it especially for it to end like this right like the, if Derek yes. Jeter is everything that is Yankee success then Der- David Wright is sort of all of the Mets in his own way because it yes. you know it was it was full of promise uh, and there there was so much hope and it it ends up so very heartbreaking. Oh man, now you're now you're getting me thinking to like, Sorry. okay, how many how many? No, it's fine. I mean, it, it, you and I are both grew up Mets fans. Um, how many things can we name that are just so terrible? That David Wright, by the way, was a, vaguely a part of. Um, I'm thinking of like you know he was pre he was post Generation K the the minor leaguer pitchers who never quite panned out. Right. Um, you know he he was with the team for those two late season collapses. Um, which was which was just tough to watch. Well, like, and um, and, and don't forget, like, two, the 2006, the losing that that NLCS to the Cardinals was pretty heartbreaking yeah. too. Uh, that, was, that was a rough series, right? And and with yeah. Eltron striking out to end it, and and Wright was right there for that, and had been great down the stretch, and was great down the stretch. People never noticed this or give him credit for it, but great down the stretch during those collapses, like he, it was not his fault. No, and the really interesting thing that I wanted to ask you is is do you have any like one memory of David Wright that stands out to you? Because when I was thinking about this, when you said, let's chat for the podcast, I was like, what's my one David Wright memory? And I could not think of one because I just think of like all these little consistent things about him, like that you could set your watch to him stealing a few bases every year and, and more than a few, by the way, like, like at least 10 to 20, um, knocking in a bunch of runs, hitting that, that, that swing of his that I love where the, the top hand turns over, you know, and that that's the way he, you know, he, he, he goes to left field or the way that he would swing and, you know, beautiful, like it was like textbook, uh, opposite field hitting with two strikes. And it was like, like, that's the stuff I remember. I will not remember one particular, like oh my god, David Wright moment. Maybe maybe the barehanded catch over. Yeah, the shoulder. I would say that there yeah. there are a few things that come to mind. The barehanded catch over the shoulder, which is really early in his career, and was yep. like the ESPN play of the year, and and all of those things like sort of generated a ton of hype for him. Uh, that comes to mind. Uh, and then uh, later in his career, uh, the for me at least, uh, just uh, the seeing him after the Mets uh, clinched the NLCS to go to the World Series 
in mm. 2015 uh, outside of the Wrigley Field Club, as I mentioned it. Like, he was just like, the World Series, the World Series! Like, you know, it was like, this guy is so genuinely, after all he's been through at that point, like, just so genuinely excited for it. Um, and, and so that's there, him hitting a home run in that World Series. But honestly, I think the, the thing that jumps out at me, and it's not even an on-field moment, but uh, he was so infrequently defiant, you know? And... and <laughs> Um, so there were a couple times, there was a time when there was like a beanball war, and so Terry Collins sat him, or pulled him out of the game, and Wright just flipped out in the in the dugout because he wanted to be the guy to wear it. Like, he didn't want to be protected <laughs> by his manager, and, and that's sort of, uh, I think, part of the, the whole David Wright thing. And then also, uh, one time with the media, when I, someone sort of brought up the fact that in uh, 2011, he had been str- slumping for a while before he went on the on the disabled list, and he was like, "Yeah, I had a broken back, you know." And it was yeah. like it was yeah. like the one time it was just the straw finally broke David Wright's camel's back or whatever, and he was just like, "Dude, I had a broken back. How 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 could I possibly hit like that?" And he was still pretty good. Um, and so those are the things that sort of stand out. Well, the funny thing is, is it, a few days before this happened, or it was the day before, the, the Mets had this tribute to, to Jay Horowitz, who was moving to a different part of the organization, longtime uh, Mets head of PR for decades. Right. And he's becoming like this alumni guy. And the stories that came out were that David Wright and him sat down and chatted every day, and that David Wright was the guy who put eye black in his, his binoculars every year. And I was thinking to myself, like, that to me like paints just a little bit of a different picture than the David Wright I imagined, which is so cool. Um, we, I, you and I always talk about this, like when we find out that cer- certain athletes who are just like a, a certain way, not necessarily robotic, but but you see them a certain way, and then they just do something behind the scenes. You're like, oh, like actually, you know, David Wright must have been hilarious in the clubhouse, and we just didn't know it because he kept it from everybody or whatever, you know. And so like that that definitely stood out to me as like kind of a thing that was that was pretty funny to find out. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think he's a smart guy, I mean, to be honest. And so I think that there's like a lot of personality that he is reasonable to cover up because it doesn't really pay to show a lot of the times. Uh, but I want to get to another aspect of this, and, and I don't want to turn this into a negative thing. But So he's going to play this game Saturday the 29th, and it's a, uh, I think it's a game against the Marlins. It's a meaningless game, right? But yeah. is, it, is it a farce to let him play? Like, is that, is that okay with a guy who is outright saying, I can't play baseball anymore, that they're going to actually put him in a Major League Baseball game? That's a great angle and a great question. And I have a theory about this because when you brought that up, I was like, oh, man. He what even said, do? like he said during the press conference, he was like, hopefully it's not DeGrom. And I, I apologize to whatever pitcher is out there. Right? Like, <laughs> um, that's that's not a great look. I, I hate to say it, right? Because he earned it. And, yeah. and it's the Mets. And, like, just let this guy have his day. I get that. Like, I feel that way. But, like, it is kind of a farce, right? What, what if the Mets have a plan here where – he gets one batter in the field, and then they take him out for defensive replacement. I don't think you can so do that gets... because I think people are still streaming into the into the park at that point, right? And so, oh, yeah. oh god! You, and then it's the, remember it's the Jose Reyes thing uh, when Reyes <laughs> bunted and and took himself out to win the bat, batting title, and people who went there right. to celebrate him didn't even get to see him play. Uh, I don't think you could do that. I think you got to give him a few innings at least. 
All right, so so maybe three innings, maybe two, whatever it is. But and by the way, I have a, a buddy of mine reached out to me yesterday and was like, "Are you going to go?" And I was like, "I don't think I can. I'll, I'll see if I can." But um, he bought tickets to resell them. It's shrewdly so because Mets fans are going to, you know, the the, price yeah, the gonna... tickets are are skyrocketing for a, yes. for a uh, last last weekend of the season against the Marlins for two, you know, a second to last place team and a last place team. Uh, it seems like tickets are going to be awful expensive. So I guess call it, call it, yeah, yeah. If you have put on my tin, yeah, let's call it conspiracy theory. But I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on. But maybe the Mets knew that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you almost you, you wonder why it wasn't like a Thursday day game. They decided to bring him back for it, right? Right, exactly. I, yeah, so I think it is a little bit of a farce from that point of view, and you, you got to wonder. And but here's the other flip side, right? Like he hasn't played in a game in, in what two years, right? Since 2016. Um, He's been training for this and trying to come back. Right, so and he's played in minor league games. It's not like he has right, right. Played, seen no action whatsoever. Like, he, he is at oh, least yeah. capable enough to, like, and I think he, he hit the ball, right? Like, it's not, you know, that's that's not something you or I could ever hope to do, right? It's not like he's just some guy walking onto the field at this point. It's still a, a former major league player uh, who was a great major league player who has at least, you know, uh, applied his uh, rebuilt trade in in AAA. Right, so he's not like uh, Garth Brooks in spring training. Yeah, it's not that. The, yeah, exactly. Okay, and so, even Garth Brooks, I will say, was surprisingly good in spring training. Like I think <laughs> most civilians that you put out there would just like completely embarrass themselves, like beyond anything you could possibly imagine. Didn't didn't Billy Crystal get like wood on the ball? As I recall, when he uh, did. That sounds possible. I mean, Billy Crystal's yeah. a guy who. I mean, and look, if I were a celebrity, I would absolutely do that. Like, if you yeah. could advance to the level of celebrity that you get to go do spring training with your favorite team, like definitely do that. But it is that's ridiculous. You're not gonna. What are you? What are you hoping to prove? You know. Right. Right. Um, well, yeah. If if he gets a hit, like great. I don't think anyone expects him to. With right. Oh, I with think... right. And with right, I get it. Like he he wants he yeah. wants to won't be out there one more time it's it's nice for his from his angle i get it i just it's like what if you're i'm i hate you know and i hate i hate to make it negative but like some guy is gonna lose his roster spot to david wright you know and like lose his extra 10 grand or whatever he'd make that week that he probably really needs because the mets want to bring david wright back and and let him wave to the crowd which they absolutely should but there, there is that reality to it that is true. Um, I also think that, um, uh, you know, that like <laughs> someone made a point on Twitter, like at least Tim Tebow didn't get called up in the middle of all this, you know, or like oh, yeah. he's injured, obviously. But just imagine, you know, the the spectacle um, with this, you know, with, with Wright and Tebow there. But uh, yeah, um, it is well, a Tebow little. Tebow would have probably healed Wright, right? If, if, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, so it wouldn't, would be, it's a non-starter. <laughs> um do you do you think that that david wright will do anything in that game like of note i would you... hope i don't know who's gonna start for the marlins just get, give him like a pipe shot right just let him give him right. like an 83 mile an hour meatball right down the heart of the plate and <laughs> and let him take a rip you know maybe just one you know like the all-star game style with with cal ripkin or Derek jeter or whoever else but right you don't have to just keep you know at some point it becomes insulting but give him one to hit you know Right. Oh, completely, completely agree. Uh, and, and and here's hoping. Uh, and and what a career and, w- and what a way to what a way I, to go out. I mean, I have, you can't ask a better way to go out. I have one last question for you before we wrap yes. up. Yes. Uh, 
if you were David Wright, now 35, uh, not, you know, not obviously not fully healthy, but, but still physically capable, like he's still walking around and everything, uh, and you have $200 million in the bank, you have a family, what do you do? What, do you, what would you do with the rest of your life? Oh, goodness. Um, if I'm David Wright, I would retire and do some fun stuff. I'd go on some trips around the world that I maybe hadn't gotten to do. That's just me. Um, but I think he's going to end up like managing because he just can't get that itch away um, or front office something. Um, yeah. I, what would you, you, you? You always ask these questions with something in mind. What do oh, you got? I, for- would, I would like start an art commune and own a blimp. And or like a rigid airship of some sort, like a zeppelin, and I would uh, be like putting out lots of art in my own name, and I would also be sort of like a, a I would be an eccentric rich guy is what my quite like I would you know go six years without wearing pants, and I would you would see my zeppelin coming to various major sporting events and stuff, and be like oh is, is that the Goodyear blimp? No, it's Ted. He's just a rich guy now. This is what he does. Oh, so, but that's what you would do, that's okay? Would yeah, because I would, I would, I would go to every country. I don't in the think world David Wright's going to do that. I don't think, he's, but but you could do that if you're going to so if you're going to go to every country in the world, right? Like it would be cool to check out like Central Asia and all these random yeah. places I know nothing about. You could, you could probably. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are and how, uh, how like logistically sound blimp travel is. But could you not travel the world by blimp? Wouldn't that be cool? It would be incredible, uh, and and you'd land places, and yeah, you just have to not anger airspace, you know, anger anger uh, countries with, with getting in their airspace when they don't want you. Um, but yeah, but everybody I, I like would know team. me. That's everybody cool. would know I'm the blimp guy, right? It would be like, ah, oh, he's he's don't worry, he's harmless. He's yeah, just checking I, I, stuff for, out. For David Wright, I just don't, I don't see it. I, I think no. he's just he seems very practical, and maybe he'll like take a year or two off, and then maybe. I don't know, start moving up the rungs. But also, can you not see him? I mean, this is the other thing, right? We have all these former players who went recently into managing pretty quickly after their careers were over. I mean, like um, Robin Ventura and uh, uh, Joe McEwing a little bit. And um, uh, who's the guy who just got fired from? Mike Matheny. So, like, I don't see him, like, wallowing in the single A's or the double A's, you know. No, I could see – so what I could see – like realistically happening would be uh he stays away or he's like a spring training special instructor for a few mm-hmm. years until his daughters start school like i i you know or something and you know something like that and then yeah. uh one season he manages the brooklyn cyclones and the next season he's the manager of the mets like i wouldn't be shocked by that career turn at all that seems logical for, for a guy who seems like such a family guy and, and with three daughters. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. All right, Charles, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Peace out.